Hey, Dad, this is Finky, and when Brain and I are not taking over the world, we are listening to the great, big, beautiful podcast. <laughs> And some of the worst hacks that I've ever worked with have become stars. Yeah. I mean, there's no rhyme or reason to it, really. All you can do is train so that you are as facile an instrument as you can be, so that you can do as many things. That's why I started singing earlier. So I just wanted to be able to pull that rabbit out of the hat in case I needed it. Here are your hosts, Jamie Green and Justin Connors. Welcome to the Great Big Beautiful Podcast. We are on Facebook at the GBB Podcast, on Twitter at the GBB Podcast, and we are in your ears right now. <laughs> I say that all the time and I like it, so I'm keeping <laughs> it. How's it going, Jamie? It's going really well. How about you, Justin? I am doing good. It's freezing here. Yeah, here but- too. But that's the way it is. It's winter. Yep. <laughs> and unless we move to Florida, it's not changing. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> so uh, this week on the show, we're going to be talking to a legend. I think he's a legend. And I think I'm going to vie for his job because I'm doing very well at it. So <laughs> I think. But really? So How this well? Week, we're gonna... See, I'm good. First of all, we don't have Christian Bale on the show today. <laughs> So you don't need to get all ridiculous with your voice. Okay. That, that is not the Kevin Conroy bat voice. <laughs> I could do the Christian Bale voice too, but I'm afraid that I'll give all kinds of feedback into the microphone and it will hurt people's ears. Right, right. So I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Well, I think, I think, uh, I think that they should consider me for the next movie. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Send them in your headshot. Maybe an audio <laughs> file of you doing the voice. Arkham, the next Arkham game. There you go. Yep. Yeah, you're so, you're a shoe in. <laughs> So, Jamie, you had a conversation with Kevin Conroy. I did. I talked to you. Uh, this, is, this is me solo, sadly, Justin. Uh, we had some technical hiccups, and Justin kind of got shut out of the call. <laughs> Curse you, Skype. Yeah. And, but, and Hannah says to me, Daddy, but he, he was interviewing Batman. You didn't get to interview him. And I was like, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. And then in my head, Jamie took one for the team yeah. I, I felt like the joker on that one because I you know. uh yeah so i got to talk to uh kevin conroy who is the voice of batman uh and bruce wayne going all the way back to batman the animated series um and then all the way through up till today he's still the voice he's done the voice in a lot of the um he was batman beyond justice league um the the arkham games that are coming out now they was just announced that there's going to be a new Justice League show, um, and he is returning as the voice of Batman. So he uh, is the once and future voice forever. Will be Batman and Bruce Wayne in many people's ears, mine included. Um, Batman the animated series, I long said, was one of the best animated series ever made. Yes, uh, I love it. It is the one of it's a crowning achievement of animation and storytelling for in you know the half hour segment targeting ostensibly targeting kids 
Um, and he's just a great guy. So uh, we talk about all kinds of things. Mostly, you know, obviously we're going to talk about Batman and we talk about his career and voiceover and it's just great chat. Great. So we're going to play that for you right now. Enjoy. Kevin, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Um, it's just an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. I'm happy to be here. Um, let's start off um, sort of back at the beginning a little bit. Uh, you were a seasoned um, stage and TV actor before you even got the role of Batman. I'm wondering, were you originally thinking, like when you went to audition, were you originally thinking that this was just going to be a short gig and you were going to return to on-screen acting? Or was this something like you, voiceover was always something you had expressed an interest in and you wanted to when try, I started, try out? Uh, you know, whenever you start a job, you never know how long it's going to go. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're doing it that day. You right. don't know if it's even going to go past, if they're going to buy more than one or two episodes. Um, so there was no way of knowing in 92 when we started recording the original Batman, the animated series, that it would that it would go on for a number of years and would become such a landmark show. There was really no way of knowing. So I just went into that audition um, as an actor because I was I, I'm based in New York. I do a lot of theater. I was in L.A. Uh, doing a series at the time. And um, uh, so I had time on my hands. Mm-hmm. And my agent, uh, my voiceover agent said, look, they're looking for people to do a new animated show over at Warner Brothers. So why don't you go in on it? Batman. And I was surprised. I said, well, hasn't that already been done? Batman's <laughs> been around forever. He said, well, no, there's actually never been an animated uh, cartoon of it. So um, go in and they want to, you know, they want to they're looking for people. They're having trouble placing people. What, what, what happened was prior to Batman, the animated series Voiceover, especially an, um, animated voiceover for, for uh, the cartoons, mm-hmm. tended to be very cartoony sounds. Right. Um, people did very broad, um, very really fantastic voices uh, like Bugs Bunny or, or Mickey Mouse. You know, they were very um, graphically uh, exaggerated sounds. Right. Batman was going for very, a very realistic, um, dramatic, dark film noir quality. Uh, they wanted um, actors. They didn't. They didn't want the traditional um, voiceover people that did most of the animation. They wanted to open this the 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 realm up to more um, theater and uh, film actors and on camera people just to see who else, you know, what, what other people would bring in. And, um, so they had been looking, uh, Andrea Romano told me they saw hundreds of people. They couldn't figure out who the Batman was going to be because the other thing is in casting, the thing about going into an audition is they, they never know what to tell you what they're looking for because they don't really know what they're looking for. Right. They know they, they'll, they'll know it when they see it. It's that kind of thing. Yeah. So you, I always go in and I say, well, what are you looking for? And they, and they give very vague general descriptions of the character because they don't really know what they want. Mm-hmm. They, they generally know who the guy is. And it's really up to the actor's imagination to come up with the sound. Yeah. And people come up to me all the time at comic cons and say, Oh, listen, listen to me. Do you, <laughs> and then they do a very convincing invitation of me. And I think, Oh my God, now I'll have to kill you. you know? <laughs> but the thing is, once you've come up with the sound, 
Lots of people can do Mark Hamill's Joker. Yeah. But Mark Hamill had to come up with the idea did, that sound, first. to come up with that inspiration, to to make that connection between that sound and that character. Yeah. And they literally saw hundreds of people before they found the right cast for that original series. They saw lots of Jokers. They saw lots of Batman. They couldn't find people who were making that right choice. Mm-hmm. And I just it was just. It was just fortune. It was just it was just luck that I happened to make the right choice that day. Yeah. Um, because I think partially because I came in with a really blank slate. I didn't have a lot of background in Batman. Um, I had only seen the Adam West series uh, in the 60s and which was entirely not what they were doing. Yeah. So they said, OK, wipe that out of your head right now. And they described this tragedy of this man's childhood and and how he's spending his life avenging this and um, assumes this other personality and lives in a cave. And I thought, my God, you're you're describing a very Hamlet like tragedy. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, go with that. See where that takes you. You know, so I just went to a lot of my stage background. I studied at Juilliard. I worked with John Hausman. I I did lots of Shakespeare. I, I had a heavily dramatic theater background. So I really drew on that to come up with this sound that was, I thought was just a very dark, mysterious, husky place, you know, that, that to me gave voice to that dark childhood. Yeah. I I think it's pretty common knowledge at this point that you were the first person to, to give different voices to Bruce Wayne and Batman. Well, I uh, asked Bruce Tim at one point, I said, wait a minute. You've described this guy to me. He's the wealthiest bachelor, the most eligible bachelor. He owns half of Gotham City. He lives in the big house on the hill. Every woman wants to marry him. Yeah. And he puts on a cape and no one knows it's him. Yeah. Seriously? Come on. I said, wouldn't it be a lot more believable and a lot more fun if he really took on a different persona? Mm hmm. And then the more the more I got into him, the more I realized the persona he's taking on isn't the Batman persona. That's who he is out of his childhood pain. The persona is Bruce Wayne. It's the suit he puts on. It's the charmer. It's the banker. It's the guy who who runs Gotham. That's the performance. I I think, though, that dichotomy and like that just the, the different voices that you gave the characters it fundamentally changed how a lot of us saw the character because before then you, you know like you were saying it was it was the you know the 60s show or it was the the super yeah. friends cartoons from the 70s and they were very campy um and then this came along and off the page you know they weren't just word balloons it was actually breathing life into the characters yeah. um what I was surprised to read, though, is that you came up with that idea in just the last few minutes before your audition. Is that true? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> when they give you the material, when you go into auditions, you don't get it beforehand. Yeah. They're very protective of their material. So I was just in the waiting room and I'm just I was just run coming up with ideas in my head. The thing about acting is that that's why they do a lot of improv in yeah. training, because you have to think on your feet. Um, there are wonderful actors I've worked with that you've never heard of mm-hmm. because they didn't get the idea at the right moment. You know, I may see it in rehearsal or I may know it because I know them off stage. But when it comes time to come up with those ideas during the creative process, they just didn't come up with the right ideas at yeah. the right time. So it was just 
you, the whole point to training to be an actor is to become more and more facile, to become such, they, you know, you always hear actors say, you are your instrument. And you really are, your body, your voice, your mind. It's all what you bring to acting. John Hausman used to have a wonderful thing at Juilliard. He'd say, go to the Metropolitan Museum. Go to the Frick. Mm -hmm. Go to the Museum of Natural History. Immerse yourself in culture, in, in other aspects of culture, because that's all going to feed you as a person. And that's going to make you much more interesting actor on stage because all you have to draw on on stage is you. Right. And, you know, the most interesting actors are the ones who who love to paint in their spare time, you know, or play music in their spare time. They have other creative avenues that they explore because they're such creative people. Mark Hamill is such a great example of that. He's he's such a an explosion of talent when you work with him. He he I wish the audience could see what I see in the recording studio because his voice, his face becomes his voice. It's not you, just voice like, acting. I think that, that's no, a misconception a lot of people like, have. He's like Jim Carrey. You know, yeah. he just becomes like rubber. His face just devours the microphone and you feel like he's going to come and attack you across <laughs> the room. And he's very generous because he's a stage actor, too. So he knows that the more you give the other actor, the more the other actor is going to give back to you and the better you're going to be. Yeah. So that's a wonderful thing about people who work on stage is you learn. It's like playing ball when you're a kid. If you throw the pass well, the person's going to receive well. They're going to throw it back to you better. It's like a tennis volley. It's nice to get a nice game going, a nice volley going. Um, a lot of actors who don't have that background tend to be more selfish. And yeah. it's more about them. It's more of an ego trip, you know? Yeah. Their career, their ego, you know, their manager's on the line, the agent's on, you know, it's all about, you know, how much are they making on this deal? And, and stage actors, it's more about how much fun are you having in the moment, in right. the scene. Right. So people started to really look forward to the bookings. Word got around um, back in 92, 93, that there was this really fun thing going on at Warner <laughs> Brothers. And everyone started wanting to come in. They all wanted in. Andrea said at one point, it's no problem booking people for this show. We said, because everybody wants to do this show. <laughs> So you uh, you weren't really a, a comic book fan or necessarily when you when uh, you got the role, were you? I feel embarrassed when I go to comic cons because the audience, the audience of Batman is so loyal yeah. and so uh, devoted to the character and to the the legend and the whole book, you know, the history of the character. And they're all so into the whole animation world, they know everything. They can say, well, in episode 121, yeah. you know, when you said, go get him, Joker, what were you really thinking? <laughs> I don't know what this person's talking about, you know? <laughs> and I'm embarrassed because they obviously know a lot more about it than I do, but they know about the writers and the different artists and the history of everything. I didn't have any of that exposure as a kid. I just, yeah. my, my parents were, 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 my father was born in 1910. So it was like having a grandfather for a yeah. father. So, and his parents were Irish immigrants who grew up in a slum, an Irish slum in New York. So he was really steeped in that Irish turn of the century, um, the Westies. He was in the Westies boys, you know, that West Side gang. Mm -hmm. um, he was a real tough guy. He was a real um, he came from a very, very tough, gritty street world and um, and steeped in Catholicism and. And I grew up in that. And, you know, we didn't have comic books. We didn't have, we didn't have anything. I mean, it was a very, very strict 
childhood. So you were left to your imagination. I had a very imaginative childhood. I had lots of imaginary characters who were friends of mine. Um, my mother used to tell a fun story when I was little. She said, you know, I looked out the back window once when you were little and I saw that you, you had asked me for a roll of tape earlier in the day and I wonder what you were working on. And I saw you taping the leaves back onto the tree in the backyard. And I asked you what you were doing. And you said, my friends are losing their leaves. I want to give them back. Aww. And I was like four or five or yeah. something. She said, she said, she's like practically burst into tears because here was this kid who had so invested in these trees that they had come to light for him. Yeah. And he was putting the leaves back up on the tree. Oh, that is sweet. <laughs> I, I, I can see it, though. I mean, I have a four year old. It's heartbreaking to hear something like that, you know. But yeah, if the world comes alive for you, you Absolutely. care for it. Absolutely. Yeah. So I had a very imaginative childhood, and I think that also helps me as an actor. Yeah. Well, would you call yourself a fan now? Oh, God, yes. Once you, Everyone always says, what other character would you like to do? And I say, after Batman? <laughs> Where else is there to what go? Where can you go? You can only go down. I mean, he's the most incredible character. Yeah. He's, he's so complicated. Yeah. He's, he's, it's, such a, it's such an emotional, passionate and intellectual guy. He's, he works on so many different levels and then he suppresses it all. And you've got to communicate volumes in a grunt because he's not a guy who talks. Yeah. You know, so it's it's a very challenging character to play. I love playing this character. So, yes, I'm I'm a huge <laughs> fan now. I have a big collection of cells. I started a collection oh, wow. of cells early on. And I built it up over the years. So I have some really cool cells. How many do you think you have? I lost track at five dozen. So oh, I've, no, got, I've got at least 60, I know, probably closer to 80. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> <laughs> I started just filing them away in a filing cabinet. A lot of them aren't even framed any yet. So. Yeah. Oh, man. What I wouldn't give to just file through those, take a look. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah, all that. Flooring out into like the Hanna-Barbera stuff. And yeah. Looney Tunes. I have some Carrot Blancas. Mm. It was a famous episode of, of, of Looney Tunes where mm -hmm. um, they did a whole spoof on Casablanca with Bugs Bunny and, and Tweety and, you know. Yeah. It's And they're beautiful. Oh, yeah. And if I had the money, that's what I would collect. I have a couple. They're just cheap ones, you know. <laughs> but I love them. They're beautiful, though, aren't they? Yeah. It's um, great. I mean, and now they're going to computer generated. I think those hand painted cells are going to become more and more valuable. Oh, absolutely. They're becoming much more of a rarity. Yeah. They just don't make them anymore. Literally, they don't make them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, you say, you know, you can't. Where else could you go after playing Batman? I have, though, heard that some actors sometimes who become overwhelmingly known for one character or two characters sometimes get a little frustrated with that because it's it's both a blessing and a curse. Oh, yeah. And I'm wondering if that's ever happened to you. Have you ever sort of gotten frustrated that, you know, people only know me as Batman? It, it does get a little limiting. I mean, um, I was in a studio recently and, um, you know, usually when you get cast in a role, um, there's a union rule that they can use you for, I think it's two or three other voices in the same episode and you're paid the same booking fee. So they usually try to use actors to use a number of, who can play a number of different voices. Sure. It saves them a lot of money. 
They've always been very restrictive with not doing that with me because they think I'm so identifiable with that character. And I recently was in a situation where they said, oh, look, we're, we're short a couple of people. So, Kevin, would you just uh, come up with some voice for this cop here and then come up if you can come up with another voice for, for this uh, thug over here. And I came up with a couple of really interesting voices. And the director said, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> <laughs> I said, what do you mean? You didn't know I was an actor? <laughs> well, everyone knows you so much for that voice. I said, that's because Warner Brothers has 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 protected that so much. Sure. They haven't wanted me to do other voices. So um, so I love getting to stretch and do that other stuff, but I'm not asked to do it very much. Yeah. If Batman were off the table, what would what do you think that you would most like to be known for? Wow. You mean in my career or in yeah, life? I mean, as anything. I mean, it, is it, whether whether it's another character or if maybe Batman had never come along, do you think that your career would have gone in a different direction? I mean, is there something that that you think like this is what you know? If I if I never had the opportunity to be Batman, I really wish the world could have known me as X. I did the uh, premiere of a play called Eastern Standard on Broadway. Um, I think that was in 87, 1987, with uh, Patricia Clarkson mm-hmm. and Dylan Baker and Ann Mira. Um, and I played uh, a character that I just loved. And he was a very, um, it was a comedy, but he was the sort of dark um, undercurrent of the comedy. Um, I love, it was very challenging to play the character. and. It got amazing reviews, and I was very, very proud of it. Um, so I would think that that would probably be the performance that would stand out for people. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I more and more have come to believe that life is about so much more than what you do. Mm-hmm. And um, I hope people just remember me as being a, a really good friend. Um, I'm a very loyal friend to my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm proud of that. I have friends that I've had since I was 12. Wow. Um, I, I think that's invaluable to have those lifetime commitments to people. Um, I really believe that, um, in the end, all you're really left with is the people you've touched. And, um, I would hope that I'd be known for that for having touched a lot of people. That's a great answer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, to get that Batman voice, you've said that you do something that you know, no one should ever do is you push down on your vocal cords to sort well, of get that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I guess my first question is why is that so bad? And secondly, um, have you suffered any effects from doing that because you've been doing it for so long? Interesting. You should ask that because just last week I just stopped talking for a while because I really? was feeling strained again. Um, early on, you know, I didn't think this was going to last more than a few months. <laughs> so I thought, well, you know, do whatever you have to just go for it. Yeah. Just go for it. Come up with this really, really cool sound. So I just pushed down on my budget. So yeah, pushed down in my vocal cords to come up with this gritty, dark sound. Well, I knew from my training that everything they teach you is about supporting from your diaphragm, everything, every singer, every actor knows 
you have to support from your diaphragm. Your, 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 your lungs and your esophagus and your mouth are like an open tube. And you've got to keep that tube open, uh, not only to be connected to your emotions, so it's a, it's, an, it's a genuine sound, but also just in terms of not destroying your vocal cords. Um, I knew when I heard Adele sing the first time, I thought, I love this woman's voice. I love her singing. She's a poet. She's an artist. She's going to totally screw her voice over. Yeah. And it, and it happened within a couple of years. Yeah. And I think probably every singer heard that and knew that you think you cannot make that sound without destroying your vocal cords. And she obviously had made the choice that it was worth it to establish this phenomenal career because she's such a great artist. What's great is she's been able to repair it and, and her latest album is phenomenal. She seems to have figured out a way to come up with that sound without damaging her cords, mm-hmm. um, which is exactly what I had to do with Batman. There are ways to come up with those sounds by supporting it. Um, but to find the sound, you've almost got to abuse, abuse your voice a little bit. But yeah, in the early on 93, um, we started recording in 92 and about halfway through 93, Andrea said, what's going on with your voice? And I said, I don't know. I've got to lose it. And she said, we got to work something out because you've already established this sound. Yeah. They can't um, go back on it. Yeah. So I just, um, I just rested it for a while because I know that's all you can do with, with bruised vocal cords. There's no treatment for it. All you can do is rest it. Mm. Um, I think Adele had started to develop nodes and that has to be removed, yeah. but, um, I didn't get to that point, but I had just really abused it. And I managed to come up with a way to, to make the sound without, without hurting myself. But then interestingly, last week I started feeling it again because, you know, doing these games, that's a whole nother level of abuse because Arkham Asylum had 36,000 lines of dialogue. How many half hours would that be? Oh, it was two years. It was two years of recording. And no, no, no. Was, I, I mean, like, how many half-hour episodes would that total? Oh, that would be more than a series. Jeez. I mean, that's that was four hours at a time, just myself, alone, oh. in a studio, line after line after line after line, for four hours yeah. in the Batman voice, and then taking an hour for lunch, and then coming back for four more hours. So by the end of the eight-hour day, I was just rained and my voice would be ragged and they do that for a week at a time. Mm. And then there'd be a, like a month off or six weeks off while they were writing more stuff. And then they'd call me back in for another week. And this went on for two years. So at the end of that, my, my throat was really starting to uh, get ragged again. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's fine. It's fine now. So it's, I guess my train, I guess my training's paying off. <laughs> you found a way around it and it's working yeah. for you. So good. <laughs> yeah. um, you've also gone on record as saying perchance to dream is your favorite Batman animated series episode. I love that one. And I also love dreamscape. Both of them are great. I'm curious whether if you factored in all of the Batman stories that you've been involved with. So you take in like Batman beyond justice league, the Arkham games, everything. The reason I focused on those two is because as an actor from an acting exercise, they're just so much fun. Yeah. Um, so are they, would they still be your favorite stories even when you factor in everything? Well, actually, the end of Arkham Knight, I have to say, I loved doing mm-hmm. that. 
that was really challenging. And that, that may become, that may become my favorite. Um, we what happens to him at the end of Arkham Knight is, was so challenging to play. I had so much fun doing it. Um, so awesome. We, we won't go anymore being spoilers, I guess. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> why? <laughs> um, I guess I have to tread lightly here, but can you confirm that uh, you and Mark have come together again for the killing joke? There are lots of rumors and there are just rumors. They're just rumors. Nothing, nothing's been decided. Okay. I want to do it and Mark wants to do it. Okay. Um, so we want to do it. Because I've read conflicting reports that the, the dialogue has already been recorded and other people yeah. say it's not even a thing yet. Well, that's the thing about, about the internet. And people can post anything. Anything, yeah. It's incredible. I mean, I've read amazing things about me that aren't true. <laughs> try to stop them anymore because yeah. it'd be like putting your finger in a dike that's leaking. I mean, you just plug up one hole and there's another one. Yeah. So you just kind of go with it. Who? Someone once said, was it Catherine Hepburn? Someone once said, I don't care what they say about me as long as it's not the truth. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great line. Meaning that. <laughs> As long as they're talking about you, you're in good shape. You are still on top, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, so you say that you're interested. Mark has said that he would be interested. Oh, yeah. I'm curious, though, what your thoughts would be, because I, I don't think any of this hasn't even been confirmed, but they've gotten the go ahead to make it rated R if it needs to be. And I'm wondering what your feelings on that would be. Well... That, that's that's been an issue with Batman from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. The if you're going to go for the real drama of this guy and this storyline, this psychic battle he's going through and this dark um, vision of Gotham that he's battling. Um, how do you reconcile that with it, uh, with appealing to a broad age quality, you know? That was a big thing in Batman the Animated Series was, was you know, the, you could never show a child being endangered. You could never actually show someone being killed. Right. That's why Batman never used a gun. Mm -hmm. um, he had lots of weapons, but no one ever died. Everyone was put in Arkham Asylum. It was their way around the, the ultimate violence that went on, you know, the, the heavy drama. Mm -hmm. um, I think shows like Gotham uh, on TV now that are so beautiful um, so beautifully produced, um, they go heavy into the violence, much more heavily into it than we ever could have on, on an animated show. Right. Um, uh, and I think that, um, I think the, I think it's, 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 um, it's a, what's what is that? It's a, a, an almost an, um, an irreconcilable force pulling you to an R rating right. with, with the killing joke. Um, because it's such an ultimate story of Batman and Joker. Um, I'm sure they're going to try to get around that if they yeah. do it. Um, but I can see why, why it might happen because I understand that we fought against that. Um, with the animated show and I can see with this there's such a push for it there's so many people who wanted it it's such an iconic story 
It's the iconic Batman story in a way. Yeah. Um, that they, I'm sure they would want to pull out the stops, you know, and go for it. So I can see it happening. Yeah. And it wouldn't necessarily be unprecedented either. I don't know if you've been watching the, uh, the animated movies that they've been releasing straight to disc, but the, the most recent ones at least have been really, they're not for kids. You know, I think yeah. the last one was PG 13 and <clears> I wouldn't, <throat> I wouldn't let my kids watch it just because of the violence in it. And so I think it's, it wouldn't be completely out of the blue to have, a completely faithful and graphic yeah. killing joke. Well, that's why I brought up Gotham because I was shocked the first time I saw the amount of violence on that show. Yeah. Wow. Mm. We would never have gotten away with it. And I thought, well, this is interesting. The audiences obviously expect this now, mm-hmm. you know, um, and there's more of a tolerance for it. So I think people have evolved that way. Yeah. It's, it's still, um, I don't know if questionable is the right word, but it's still a little bit unexpected in an animated property, though, like in yeah. an animated film. So it would it, it would raise a lot of eyebrows, I think, if they actually yeah. did go. go. They're very sensitive to that. They're very, you know, everyone who works at, at Warner Brothers is so respectful of the legacy of the properties they're dealing with and is also very cognizant of the audience's um desires and expectations and there's a lot of sensitivity to all that stuff it's not i know there's a lot of perception um that hollywood is this realm of you know elitists who are disassociated with the rest of the world or something yeah um the people i work with are are very aware of the responsibility they have to to handle the property well right. and to respect the sensibilities of the audience. But like I said, with this character and these stories, there's sort of this, this incredible pull to go into a more violent direction that they've always resisted. But it's, I can see with the killing joke, how it might, might skirt that edge. Sure. But I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, since we're talking about that and we mentioned Mark, I mean, he said a few times in the past that he's done playing the Joker, but then he comes back and does it again. Well, of course. <laughs> do, do you think that you'll ever be done with Batman? <clears throat> I hope not. Oh, there, was a, there was a rumor circulated for a while that I had retired. Untrue, I, I hope. to get started on the Internet. <laughs> and so wait a minute, who fired me? When did I retire? I'm going to go start a ru- rumor immediately after this conversation. <laughs> Thanks. Um, um, I hope not. Yeah. I hope not because, um, you'll keep doing it as long as they keep having you. As long as they ask me to, because my, to be honest, my voice hasn't really changed. Yeah. Um, it, it, I go back and listen to the earlier episodes. I, I sound very much the same. Now. Um, I've been able to maintain that, the consistency o- over these years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have this, this sort of theory that you, 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 I, I was a very old kid and I've learned how to be younger as I've gotten older. Hmm. I did not know how to have fun when I was a kid, little kid. I was very serious. Um, and I've learned how to be more youthful and I think it's kept me young. Yeah. I think it's kept me inquisitive. Um, 
curious about things and it's kept my voice young, I think. I mean, I, I have, I feel, I don't feel any different than I did when I was 12. Now, maybe that's a sign of mental illness. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I think it's, it is incredible because I hear you do the voice and it sounds exactly the way it did to me in 92 and 93 when I was watching it at four o'clock in the afternoon, you know, yeah. so it's and that was what, 30 years ago or however many years ago it was or not 30, 25 years ago. And it, it's it's remarkable to hear you do it today. And it doesn't sound a day older as the character. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I, I, I feel that way. So I I hope they continue to use me as long as they uh, as long as the audience wants it. Yeah, well, I don't think there's any danger of that going away. <laughs> you, I, you such, I have such an incredible audience. When I meet them at Comic-Cons, it's such a blast. <laughs> it's so much fun. I have friends come to the Comic-Cons and they'll watch and I'll, I'll get up on a chair and I'll go, I am vengeance. I am the night. I am. And, they, and the place goes crazy. You know? It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's heaven. And friends go, oh, my God, you're going crazy in here. Well, I, I wanted to ask you about that. I mean, you're—I don't know if you've always been, but you're a fairly regular site on the convention circuit now. And now I am. Yeah. The few times that I've been at a, a show with you, um, you've had long signing lines, you've had packed panels, and you're treated like a rock star, just like you said. And it, it's got to be gratifying to see oh, God, yeah. so many. But I'm wondering. But it's so—it's gratifying, but also kind of shocking. I'm yeah. perennially a shock. Whenever anyone comes up to me and says, are you Kevin Conroy? I'm like, how do you know? <laughs> who are you? How do you know who I am? <laughs> do I owe you money or something? <laughs> I'm always amazed that anyone knows who I am. <laughs> I don't know why. You shouldn't be at this point. <laughs> I know. I know. But it's just, it was such an anonymous job for so long. Yeah. You know, yeah. before the internet, no one knew who anyone was. And yeah. Especially, you know people like you who made your living behind a microphone you know yeah. the internet and conventions it's i don't know what mel blank looked like yeah well, i wouldn't have known him if i stumbled on him exactly but do you ever get do you ever get tired of them conventions you know having to you just sort of dog and pony show do say the same thing answer the same questions i never get tired of meeting the crowds because the as i said the the audience for batman is a uniquely passionate group of people they're really wonderful people. Um, I never get tired of that. Uh, it is, I have to admit, exhausting. Yeah. Because, you know, you're there for six, seven hours a day meeting people nonstop. It's, it's, it gets to be pretty draining. I'll bet. Um, that's why I don't do a lot of them. I hadn't done them for a long time. And then I started a couple of years ago. I'm, I'm still keeping it just to a few a year, mm -hmm. uh, just only because it's it's really tiring. Sure. You keep it fresh, too. If you did one every weekend, it would be probably not as much fun as it is. I now. know. Yeah, I know. I don't know how some of those people, I mean, not just actors, but, you know, like the actual comic book creators and artists and writers who do it during the summer, they do them every week. I don't know how they keep up that kind of energy and stamina. I don't know. It's unreal. I don't know either because... <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because I find you really have to engage with each person because each person you meet, they've each got a story to tell you. Yeah. You know, they don't, don't they don't, they, they don't want to just, you know, autograph next, autograph next, autograph yeah. next. 
they want to tell you a story and they want to hear your story, you know? Mm-hmm. They're like, there to see you. They don't have a line of, you know, 400 people behind them that you still have to talk to, you know? So it's right. like th- you're a highlight for them. Oh, yeah. And there's yeah. an obligation to that. So, sure. um, so it's it's fun, but it's it's very tiring, but it's yeah. fun. Yeah, I'll bet. Um, you mentioned Gotham, and I'm just wondering, do you keep up with sort of the, you know, quote unquote, DC universe? Like, are you do you watch the movies and the shows or is it just sort of are you, can you just be a fan, step back from the character and be a fan of whatever a, you want? I can be a fan. I don't watch everything. Uh, I do watch Gotham because I think the art direction is just so incredible. Yeah. I think it's beautifully done. Um, I do think it's a little, little too violent, but um, that's the direction they went. Yeah. Uh, but it's beautifully done. Yeah. Do you have thoughts on uh, what little we've heard of Ben Affleck's Bat Voice? <laughs> I haven't. I haven't heard it. It's just one line at the end of the newest trailer. It yeah. sounds very, to my ear, it sounds very manipulated, like it's going through a, a um, some kind of a voice box or something. Voice enhancer. Or yeah. Something. It's like they took Christian Bale's voice and said, how can we push this even farther? (laughs) We don't want to make that mistake. (laughs) Somebody didn't learn over there. (laughs) Uh, Do you have a favorite Batman that's not you? I liked. um, uh, Actually, I think the best Bruce Wayne was Christian Bale. He was terrific. Um, Everything about those movies was great, except. The voice for Batman, it was so, it just sounded so strange, you know, um, but his performance and the, 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 the gritty, realistic, noir quality that um, Christopher Nolan got, I mean, everything about those movies was beautiful. Yeah. Heath Ledger was just, I didn't think anyone could ever do Joker as well as Mark Hamill. I don't think anybody. Uh, and then I saw Heath Ledger and I thought, wow. He's just as good as Mark, but just in a different way. You know, it's just a different kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a tragedy when he died, my God. Um, so, you know, different actors bring different different things to it. Uh, ben Affleck is a very, very talented guy, so I'm sure he's going to be wonderful. Um, but I, I even liked uh, some of Michael Keaton's stuff. Yeah. Oh, I'm a huge fan of the original. I, thought it was great. I think Michael Keaton is very underappreciated. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, yeah, I thought he was really good in it. Um, on your website, you posted a few songs that you uh, that you were singing, and I have to say, you have a lovely voice. I had no idea. Thank you. Um, you Do you ever perform? Uh, I, I have sung uh, in plays that I've done, but I've never actually performed uh, yeah. singing. Um, but uh, a lot of people I work with know that I sing, and, and I like to sing. So that's why Andrea had Batman sing. Am I blue? Because yeah. said, oh, well, Kevin, we got to have Kevin sing. He loves to sing. <laughs> they put that in for me to sing. Bruce Tim was very skeptical. He said, Batman sing? <laughs> That's why they had it be Am I Blue? Because yeah. it's the only song they could Bruce would accept. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I've always loved singing and I've kept it up, but I've never, um, I've never done a musical. I just didn't know if you were putting those songs out there to sort of test the waters and see if you, if, how, what kind of a response that you would get. Oh no, it's just because I love to do it. Yeah. And I, um, I just was building the website and I thought, you know, I'll just make it, you know, 
enhance it with other things of sure. me, you know, just being creative and putting stuff out there. Oh, I love it. I love it. It was great. It was, a, it was it was it was a surprise and but it was a it was a very nice one. I you know, I would love to hear more. Thank you. Um last question and I will let you go. Okay. I'm wondering would you still recommend this career path to somebody who's starting out? Oh boy. I always say this to people when they they ask me for career advice, I say, you know, only go into this business if you literally can't breathe without it, mm -hmm. because it's, it's brutal. It's a brutal business. Yeah. It's when it works, it's wonderful. It's fulfilling. You work with great people, but it so rarely works. And I know so many people, some of the best actors I've worked with never work mm. because they're just not commercial enough or they just didn't get the right breaks, they didn't have the right agent. I mean, there's so many variables to it. And some of the worst hacks that I've ever worked with have become stars. Yeah. I mean, there's no rhyme or reason to it, really. All you can do is train so that you are as facile an instrument as you can be, so that you can do as many things. That's why I started singing earlier. So I just wanted to be able to pull that rabbit out of the hat in case I needed it. Um, as it turned out, I didn't need it, but it got to be something I love to do anyway. Um, I did a lot of gymnastics at Juilliard. I did a lot of combat training. Um, I'm very physical. Um, that served me really well on stage. I did a lot of my own stage fights. Um, so you have to be very facile and very um, able to go because an opportunity will present itself in a moment, like the opportunity to, to audition for Batman. Mm -hmm. They just said, go over to Warner Brothers. They're looking for voices. I just walked in there and had to improvise on the spot. And it led to a 24-year job. You never know. And that's, that's just, that's how this business works. Yeah. Um, some of the some of the most talented people I know are bitter, angry, never got the careers they wanted. And and some of the worst hacks I know are really, really rich and successful. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's encouraging or not. <laughs> it's, it's meant to not either be encouraging right. or discouraging. It's just it's a wake up call. Yeah. It's it's going to it literally if you can't live without it. Because if you can't live without it, then you've got to do it. Mm -hmm. Actors are actors because they're actors in their being, in their every cell. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You're an actor even when you're not acting because that's the way you think. That's who you are. It's your DNA is the DNA of an actor. So if you have the DNA of an actor, then you have to do it, then do it. But you're not necessarily going to have, you know, a, a financially rewarding career yeah. because it happens to one in a thousand. Kevin. Yeah. The odds are brutal. <laughs> Whenever actor friends of mine, kids, you know, they say, Oh, you know, my daughter's going into business. I always say, couldn't you talk her out of it? <laughs> <laughs> anything else, anything else. Uh, Kevin, thank you so much. This has been an absolute pleasure. 
Well, that's it for this week on the Great Big Beautiful Podcast. I'm and Batman. <laughs> Jamie, you got in the spirit? <laughs> Is that good? Yes. I, w- I would. I would. Swear to me. How's that? <laughs> I See, love that's it. how ridiculous Christian Bale sounds. I know. Look, and when they get these guys to do it, I wonder if that's part of the casting process before let's these hear your actors. Bad voice. Yeah, let's hear your bat voice because obviously with Christian Bale it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. So somebody there thought it must have been good because if you've heard uh, the Ben Affleck bat voice for the new movie, it's almost <laughs> as ridiculous. I, some might say more ridiculous. So. Oh yeah, exactly. And. But I, I, I like to picture all the directors and producers and people standing around when mm. Christian Bale's about to deliver his first line and he does it and they're just all like looking at each other. What did we do? <laughs> <laughs> and it's Christian Bale. You're not going to get on his bad side. Though. No, exactly. You saw what he does in that video. <laughs> exactly. Went viral. So thank you guys so much for listening. And we just want to th- say thank you for hitting download. Thank you for hitting subscribe. Let us know what you think. Send us an email, a tweet. Anything. <laughs> I'm pleading. He's pleading. We're sounding a little desperate, but um, we we love to hear from you guys. We have a few loyal listeners who do. They tweet us every week and yep. they let us know what they thought. They let the, the guests know that they heard them. Um, and uh, that's fantastic. So we love to hear from you guys. We love getting you know iTunes reviews, letting us know if you like mm-hmm. the show. Uh, interact with us. We're good guys. We're nice guys. And uh, let us know you're out there. Let us know you're listening and that you're enjoying it. And, and if you like to hear something different, if you want to hear something right. else, let us know that too. Yeah. And the only way we know to tailor our con- how to tailor our content is by your feedback. And it really means a lot to us. You write us, we're going to read stuff on air. If you tweet us, we're going to tweet. We're going to we're going to shout out your tweet. <laughs> we haven't done it yet, but we will. We, we should. We should start we should. doing that. Here, yeah. hold on. Just on a second. I'm going to go... You know, this guy tweets us every single week. Franklin Taylor, this is for you, buddy. You He listens to us every single week, and he lets us know that he likes it, and he's he seems like he's a big fan. So, yeah. Franklin, we're what, looking at you. You're, yeah, you're the and What's cool about what Franklin does is that he doesn't just let us know. He also will send a, uh, a tweet to the guest you mm-hmm. know, and directly and let him or her know that, you know, like, hey, I heard you on Great Big Beautiful Podcast, loved it. Right. You know, and... Uh, Great conversation, and that and really helped too. It does. And Leslie Donaldson, I really appreciate your tweets as well, uh, letting us know that you listen to it while you prep and you work. That's awesome, and yeah. thank you so much. And if you want to get a shout out, tweet us, let us know, and we will shout you out. That sounds a little menacing. We <laughs> will does. shout you. We out. will shout you out. We will <laughs> let you know that we love you because we do. And I'm not just saying it. I sound like I'm sarcastic. You're not. You're <laughs> totally legit and you're honest and I get it. I that. am. I am. All right, guys. We will see you next week. Have a Have great a good week. good one. Take care. <laughs> this podcast has been a production of the Geek Dad Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this content, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash geekdad.